God's Word promises that love never fails. Yet all around you, every day, you see examples of the failure of love. Is the Bible wrong on this one? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah highlights the differences between the world standard of imperfect love and God's standard of unfailing agape love. From The Power of Love, here's David to conclude his message, Love's Power Over Time. And thank you for joining us today. We are concluding our series on the power of love from 1 Corinthians 13, uh, today's program, and then two more, and we will be finished. When we get to the month of October, we'll be introducing the brand new book that comes out October in the first week, and we'll be talking about uh, that throughout the whole month of October and on into November. I hope you have the study guide. I hope you have the CD package for this series, but you can get them both by going to davidjeremiah.org. There you will see a display that will enable you to get whatever you want. Uh, This series and many other opportunities are available through our website and through our app. I hope you found that and and use it. Hey, let me tell you before we get into the message that um, we have a beautiful resource for you uh, during this month. It's called The Unchanging Promises of God. It's a calendar, a 14-month calendar that begins in November of this year and goes through all of 2024. It includes all of the holidays and all of the months, those 14 months, and it gives you a chance to get a head start on the new year, putting all of your events in the calendar. We moved the release of this calendar up to September for that very reason. You will get it in plenty of time, and it's yours for a gift when you ask for it during the month of September. All right, here we go with um, part two of Love's Power Over Time. I think this is a great passage to illustrate how Christ was love and Christ did not fail. John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, here it is. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. I took that verse apart and I found that the word end is the word telos, which means limit. It can also mean doom, death, or the end of life. The Lord loved his own to the absolute limit. He didn't leave anything out that he should have included. He didn't include anything that should have been left out. He loved them absolutely, perfectly. He loved his own, referring to his disciples, in the most perfect way that love can be expressed. I think that's what Paul was trying to get across when he wrote to the Ephesians. Turn over in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. And in the book of Ephesians, we learn... In the third chapter, that trying to describe that love is a terrible task. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, and listen to what he says. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now watch carefully. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. Why is it so hard to know it? Now watch carefully. Which passeth knowledge. In other words, it's unbelievably difficult to even comprehend the love of Jesus Christ. And Paul prayed for the Ephesians that they would somehow get to know how deep it was and how wide it was and how great it was. If you can't see the love of God in its perfection in the life of Jesus Christ, maybe it's because you haven't read your New Testament lately. 
You see that love as he's agonizing in the garden for those for whom he would die. You see that love of Christ as he's gazing on Peter who would betray him and at one time had betrayed him. And you can't help but see the unbelievable love in the face of the Lord. You see that love as he hangs on the cross praying for his murderers that they would be forgiven. And you see that love as the spear is driven into his side and the thorns are placed on his brow and he hangs on the cross for the sins of the world. You see in Jesus Christ what agape is. It is love to the uttermost. It's love to the end. It's love that never quits. You see him as he bears his heart for the sin of the world and you see him as he comes back from the grave and goes and talks with those timid disciples who were so frightened. In every part of the life of the Lord Jesus, you see the living example of what love should be. And a hymn writer has captured that when he wrote, See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Love never fails, first of all, because God never fails and God is love. Love never fails, secondly, because Christ never fails and Christ is love. But Here's where it comes down to all of us. How can our love never fail? Can I get in on this? I can't be God and I can't be Christ. How can my love have the quality of eternal value? How can my love not quit when human love would give up? Well, let me explain it to you. And here's the truth. Love never fails when it is God's love that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You see, my human love isn't good enough to qualify under the Corinthians 13 passage. I'll fall short. Have you found that as we've studied that? How in the world do I do all this? How do I put all this to practice? Bears all things, believes all things, etc., etc. How in the world? Well, you can't. And let me just tell you right now, if what you're doing is listening to what I'm saying about God's perfect love and then going home and trying to figure out a way to do it in the flesh, you're dead. It's not going to happen. Your love will fail. And if you look around in the world today at what's going on in the human relationships, even among Christians, you'll see that human love is failing over and over again. Our rate of failure is becoming astronomical. Marriages are coming unglued and children are having problems with parents and the love that should be God's love shed abroad in our hearts is being substituted with what the world has to offer and that love will always fail somewhere. But when you have God's love shed abroad in your hearts, it can have the quality that is given here. Love never fails. Christian love is something without which everything else is nothing. Christian love is that which God gives to us when we come to him and ask him for it. As Christians, we are indwelt by God's love and we react the same way that he reacted when he is in control of our lives. How can we be kind to those who are unkind to us? Humanly, you can't. But if you have God's love in you, he will give you the strength to love those people in his love even though humanly you could not do that. If we love a person in spite of his wrong spirit toward us, then we have begun to enter into the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts. When we love our spouse, if our spouse has been unkind, or we love our children when they have been rebellious, and we love our friends when they backbite, or they uh, destroy us with their tongue, or they're not faithful to us, when we love in that way, we have entered in in some way to the love of God in a human heart shed abroad by the Spirit who controls us. So how am I supposed to love? 
I'm supposed to come to God and ask him to fill me with his Holy Spirit and control me with his Holy Spirit and give me a spirit-controlled life because only then can I love the way 1 Corinthians 13 tells it. Now, I want to just kind of wrap this all up in this section in a practical way by sharing some things that I discovered as I was studying. I found out that this love never failing quality is a quality that is very expressive in terms of how the word fail is used other places in the New Testament. And I think it will illustrate to us how our love can be unfailing before our friends and within our family and among the church members and where we work, how our love can be unfailing love if we'll let the Spirit of God control us and take control of our lives. So just take a moment and go with me through a couple of passages of Scripture. Turn to the book of Matthew chapter 7. I told you at the beginning of my message that the word for fail in 1 Corinthians 13 was the Greek word pepti. And that word is used in a number of passages of Scripture. And I want you to see how the word is used because then you will understand what it means when the Scripture says that God's love doesn't fail. Matthew chapter 7, verse 27. And you watch in your Bibles and I'll show you where the word is. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. There's the word, pepti. It failed. And great was the pepti, was the failing of it. Verse 28, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at the doctrine. Now, in this passage of scripture, you have the story of the houses built on the sand and on the rock and the storm coming. And the text says that when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew, the house failed. Pepti. In contrast, the wise man built his house upon the rock and his home did not fail. Pepti. You know what I've written in my notes? God's love doesn't cave in when unexpected storms come. Well, I'll tell you what. They are not respecter of people, are they? Unexpected storms. You're going along and everything seems fine. You're not anticipating any problems. In fact, maybe it's the best stretch of time you've had in your family and with your loved ones. Everything just seems great. And all of a sudden, you come home and without any warning, there's a storm. I mean, the cloud comes, the rain comes, the thunder comes. And what the scripture says is that when you have God's love in your heart, it doesn't cave in when unexpected storms come. You know what normally happens in human love? We respond to the circumstances. I mean, if things get bad, what do you do, folks? You bail out. You get out of the situation. Because if you can get out of the situation, maybe you can find peace somewhere else. But the Bible says if God's love is in your heart, if you've got agape love and the Spirit of God is in control of you, when the storms come, that love won't quit on you. But if you've built your relationship on human love, on eros love, the first time a storm comes, it's all over. I don't want to judge anyone's marriage or judge any relationship. I'm going to tell you, one of the reasons Christians' marriages are failing is because they're built on the wrong kind of love. We get so caught up in the world telling us what love should be and how it should be, and, and, and we're all caught up in eros love and romanticism, and we forget that there's a kind of love that God talks about in his word that goes about 14 stories deeper than that. 
And it's time that we as Christian leaders and teachers began to instruct our people on how to love God's way so that when the storms come, as they inevitably will, the house doesn't cave in. Because I'll tell you what, they're caving in all over the place. Am I right? Let me show you another one. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. Here I found another use of the word peptide, and it's just so exciting to me to see how just in tracing down a Greek word, you can find some tremendous truth as to how God's love endures. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. There it is. Peptide. It falleth away, but the word of God endures forever. You know, I've written down in my notes this statement. Not only is it true that God's love doesn't cave in when the unexpected storms come, but God's love doesn't fade with the heat of the sun. The story here in First Peter is about a flower that's out in the heat and out in the sun. There's no dramatic happening. It's just a, a long period of time of being scorched by the sun. And in that long process of pressure by the sun, finally the flower dies and it withers and it falls away. Paul writing to the Corinthians says God's love doesn't fall away in the heat of the sun. You know, while some marriages come unglued and relationships come unglued because of an unexpected storm, there are just a whole lot of them that fall away over the long period of time, the heat of the sun. They just sort of gradually get scorched and die. But you see, God's love isn't like that. God's love just keeps right on loving, keeps right on loving. It never stops loving let me show you one last illustration and then we're just about finished. Turn in the book to Acts chapter 27. And we're going to look at a number of passages here real quickly, starting with the 17th verse. Acts 27, verse 17. When they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should, here it is, pepti, lest they should fall into the quicksands. <laughs> Look at verse 26. Howbeit we must cast upon a certain island. There's the word again, cast upon. Verse 29. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks. There's the word pepti again, fallen upon the rocks. Verse 32. And the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. There it is again. And I've written in my notes these words. God's love doesn't go on the rocks when the waves are high and the wind blows. I don't know where this phrase came from, but I happened to think about this when I was studying. You know one of the common phrases for marriages that are in trouble? What is it? They're on the rocks. The ship of state has gone off course and it's hit the rocks and it's being devastated by the wind and the waves. The good ship matrimony is supposed to steer a straight course and stay out of the rocky places. But if love isn't God's love, if it's not the selfless love that we're to have for each other before you know it, the strange winds of the world's direction began to cast the ship aside. And before you know it, those winds will blow that ship on the rocks. It'll be destroyed. We need to protect the agape love in our lives. 
from the intrusion of the world's cheap substitute. I don't know how we do that totally, but I'll tell you something. It takes some discipline on your part not to watch all the garbage that is available for you to watch on television. You know, I think Christian people are missing the boat totally when they talk about the danger of television. We all are smart enough to know not to watch X-rated movies and pornography, at least if we're even close to walking with the Lord. We know that's devastating. But you know what I find in most of our homes and many of the homes in our church, and if we're not careful, it's in our home. It's not that we watch pornographic stuff or, or even things that have bad words in them. What we watch over and over and over again in our homes is the living out in the sitcoms of the world's kind of love. And it is constantly being bombarded into our belief systems until, if we're not careful, we can't tell the difference. Isn't that true? If we're going to steer the ship of state through the rocks and keep it on a straight course, we've got to get rid of the ill winds that will blow the ship in the wrong direction and, and help us, oh God, to keep the ship going straight so that it doesn't fail. The agape ship won't fail, but if you get ill winds blowing on it, it can get on the rocks. Your marriage could be on the rocks right now because you've let the world teach you a lesson about how to love that's totally foreign to anything that's in this book. I'll tell you something, love never falls to the ground like the petals of a flower. In love are no elements of decay. Love never loses its strength like a weary traveler who gives up on a journey. God's love never loses its place like the falling stars. God's love never drops out of line like an exhausted soldier. Philip's translation of this verse is like this, love can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen, end of quote. <laughs> Isn't that true? I've watched that happen. Some dear older people that I've known, the flower is off the relationship in terms of any physical attraction. The loved one is sick, incapacitated, can't take care of themselves. I watch that person in agape love just love that individual. Human love doesn't know that. Only God can teach you to do that. I remember a pastor that I knew when I was a little boy growing up. And I used to go with my parents to visit his home. And in his home, he had a little girl. Well, she wasn't little. She was 21 years of age, but she couldn't do anything for herself. She'd been uh, hurt when she was little and, and just totally incapacitated. And that godly man and his wife, they loved that little girl for 21 years. She couldn't give anything back to them, not anything. But they loved her. And they wept when she died at 21 years of age. I don't understand that from the human perspective. You'll not see that on any sitcom. But that's God's love. The pastor I served with when I first went into the ministry had a young boy who had some terrible physical problems. I don't even know for sure what they all were, but he was deformed partially. And I remember that pastor's wife telling me when that little boy was born when he started to grow that she had to take him in the room. And because the doctor instructed her to do it, she had to exercise that little boy's body with the hope that somehow it would get strong enough to be able to function on its own. And she said, for almost six years, every night for about 40 minutes, while he was screaming in pain at the top of his lungs out of love, 
she exercised that little boy's body and, and he ended up having a somewhat normal life. After all of that expression of love, while I was serving with her husband in that church, I picked up the Philadelphia Inquirer one day and on the front page was this young boy's picture. He'd been involved in a robbery of the Brinks bank where he worked. Over $2 million he had been involved in taking $2 million from that bank. And I know I watched the look in that woman's face. I mean, she had literally poured her life into that young boy, and, and here was the thanksgiving. You know what? She loved him more than she ever did before. She sheltered that young boy, and she loved him, and she cared for him, and he got through it somehow. They were able to get it taken care of so that he didn't have to go to prison. And when you heard her talk about him, it was like nothing had ever happened. She just kept on loving. That's God's love. We give up. And when we give up, what we prove is this. We don't have God's love. We got the cheap substitute. I'm sure you read, as I do, the writings of Amy Carmichael, but did you know that for 55 years, Amy Carmichael served Christ in the people of India in a faraway place, unseen and unloved and unrespected by many. She was a channel of God's love, especially to the children. Oh, how she loved the little children. And she wrote a poem that I think is a great way for us to conclude along with another little prayer. It's the prayer of my heart because as I preach to you folks, I preach to myself. You know, I don't know how you chart where you are in terms of human love and agape love, but I'll tell you what, I'm not up here where I should be. I'm on the chart somewhere, but not where I should be totally. And there's so much of me that needs to change in keeping up with the standard that's in this chapter, but I can pray with Amy Carmichael this prayer. This is what she prayed. Mender of broken reeds, O patient lover, tis love my brother needs, make me a lover. That this poor reed may be mended and tuned for thee, O Lord of even me, make a true lover. Kindler of smoking flax, O fervent lover, give what thy servant lacks, make me a lover. That this poor flax may be quickened, a flame for thee, O Lord of even me, make a true lover. And then someone else has written the prayer this way. Love of God, eternal love, shed thy love through me. Nothing less than Calvary's love would I ask of thee. Fill me, flood me, overflow me. Love of God, eternal love, shed thy love through me. That's the only way it can happen. It can never be said of you or of me that our love never fails, except in this respect. As God who is love never fails, and as Christ who is love never fails, as their love is shed abroad in our hearts, our love never fails. And we need to pray that God would give us that love. What an incredible opportunity we have to log in to the love of God in our lives every day. And so necessary, so necessary now. Well, tomorrow we're going to conclude this series on the power of love with this final message called the final priority, pursue love, as we close out the month together. Friends, don't forget we're going to the Caribbean um, for a conference cruise at the end of this year. It's December the 27th through January the 7th. We'll be leaving from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and beautiful, beautiful cruise this is. A wonderful um 
very uh, ornate uh, cruise ship, a very luxurious uh, way to spend a week. And it will be fun being in the warm sun and uh, enjoying the artistry of Michael Sanchez and Uriel Vega and the Martins. We'll be teaching from the Word of God. I'm going to do a little workshop on getting ready for the new year. And I hope that you can come with us. You can find out more about this by going to davidjeremiah.org slash events. Once again, for more information, go to davidjeremiah.org slash events. There you will find everything you need uh, to make your reservation and plan to be with us as we close out the old year and begin the new year together on a beautiful cruise ship in the Caribbean. Hey, I'll be with you again tomorrow. I hope you can join us then as we start our last message in this series. Thank you for being with us. Have a great day. I'm David Jeremiah. Today's message came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. How is God blessing you through Turning Point? Let us know by writing to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Sawasan, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or calling 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of our 14-month calendar for 2024. Focused on God's enduring faithfulness, the unchanging promises of God. Yours for a gift of any amount. You can also view over 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's sermons on any screen anytime you like on our Turning Point Plus streaming service. For a monthly gift of any amount, visit turningpointplus.org for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The Power of Love, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Christmas will be here before you know it. So now is the time to prepare your heart with a timeless devotional written by Dr. David Jeremiah called Season of Joy. Enter the Christmas season with restored hope, resounding joy, reassuring peace, and renewed faith. This inspirational book is yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive a four-pack to share the season of joy with others. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. A 100-year-old woman in Tennessee won a a wish-of-a-lifetime contest. She wanted to visit a beach to see the ocean, so the staff of her assisted living facility drove her to the Gulf Coast and helped her to enjoy the beach for the first time. It made me think, 
Are there things I've been putting off in my life, especially things related to other people? Perhaps an apology, a thank you, a gift, repaying a debt, or some other simple thing that I should do. Jesus will return one day, and our chances to do the right thing will be over. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's reasons not to procrastinate on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.